Truth and Fire, the podcast is brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Welcome to another installment of Truth and Fire, the podcast, which picks up where Truth and Fire, the blog leaves off. I'm your host, Verite Efe, and you can find me at V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U on all social media platforms. On today's episode, we're discussing apostasy, or what the scriptures call falling away. What does it mean to fall away? And what are the initial signs of it, if any? And are there ways to tell who's more prone to apostasy than others? All of this and more when we return. Welcome back. This is episode 15 of Truth and Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Verite Feu, which simply means truth and fire en français. Today, I want to explore the concept of apostasy. Thanks to recent and public renunciations of faith by Josh Harris and Marty Sampson, um, this has been a pretty hot topic in so- my social media sphere, at least. Um, so I figured I'd take um, a moment and touch on it today. Uh, but first, I want to be sure we're all on the same page. So let's first formally define apostasy, shall we? Okay, according to dictionary.com, also in the Oxford Dictionary, apostasy is the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. According to Merriam-Webster, apostasy is an act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize a religious faith. According to the Spirit of God, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. So we see that apostasy is definitely an abandonment from the faith, a defection from the faith. And according to scripture, it looks like someone actually giving heed to doctrines that counter God's truth. It looks like people behaving in ways that counter God's truth. As such, um, I want to be clear that someone becoming an apostate does not merely require them to make a public renunciation of their faith. So where Josh and Marty were fancy with the social media posts and all that stuff to let people know that they're no longer Christian or that they're struggling really badly in their faith. That's not necessarily the case. That doesn't necessarily have to happen. Um, of course, if they do that, you need to take it for what it is. Cause you know, if you publicly say you no longer follow Christ, that is denying Christ, but that's not solely what um, denying Christ would look like. And so I want to get into what the signs of apostasy actually are. So what are some signs that someone is either falling away or has fallen away? So I'm going to do my best to address those based on what the scriptures say. Um, And this is something that we can use both for our own, um, for our self-examination, as well as for um, testing others who come to us to say that they are brothers and sisters in the Lord or who say that they come in the name of Christ to be a pastor or a teacher or preacher or something of that effect. Um, Now, again, someone merely saying that they uh, 
know, uh, don't know Christ or that they now renounce Christ um, is not the only thing that we would look for um, to say that someone has apostatized. Um, I hope I said that right. Did I say that right? <laughs> to say that they've fallen away. Let me just uh, do my Porky the Pig correction. To say that they've fallen away. Um, now we know the scene when Peter, um, after, uh, 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 what was it? When Jesus was um, about to be crucified and everyone had scattered and someone found Peter and say, hey, weren't you with him? And Peter's like, I don't know that man, you know. So in that moment, you know, Peter was under duress, not saying what he did was okay. But we know from scripture that he came back and repented. But what we're speaking of is people coming out not being under duress. No one asked them anything. They're just volunteering information and saying, you know what? After much thought, I realized that I am not a Christian. That's the type of um, profession or, or public renunciation that I'm speaking of. Um, so that in itself is enough to say, you know what? Okay, this person has denied Christ, but that is not the only thing that um, would be a telltale sign that someone has denied Christ. So First of all, let's talk about what we need to look at to know that someone is actually um, a brother or sister. So we know from Romans 10 and 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, a lot of people read that and just assume that all they have to do is basically confess that Jesus is Lord because the part where we believe in our heart, it can't be seen by the everyday average person. So it's something that only God can see. However, Jesus tells us in his word um, in Matthew 7, uh, verses 16 through 20, that we will know them by their fruit. So we still have a job to do. We still have to examine some things and some individuals. So I'm going to go over what those things are, or at least things that I found in scripture. Um, if you guys find something after listening to this podcast that I failed to bring up, that I forgot or neglected to bring up, please do um, mention that on Twitter or in Instagram or Facebook. Probably Instagram or Twitter would be, would be best because I have not checked Facebook in eons. <laughs> but um, my point is, correct me where I am um, where I am wrong or help me fill in the gaps where I may have missed some areas. But these are some things that I've found as I've gone through the scripture. So we know that a believer, um, someone who is saved is someone who will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that raised him from the dead. So the heart part is is the, is the part that might be um, interesting when it comes to vetting or examining someone else's fruit, right? And so we know from James 2, 14 through 17, that faith without works is dead. So a lot of people misuse that scripture. A lot of them think that it's about, you know, going out there and getting the bag. Um, if you ain't going out there and getting the bag, you ain't got no faith. Um, nah. <laughs> it's saying that um, that our works are born of our genuine faith. It's not that we need works to have faith, but our faith will yield good works. And these good works are things that the Lord considers good, things that are righteous, things that are going to um, be the same. They're immutable. They're never going to change. Um, in the world, what's considered good is at this point, um, agreeing that two men can marry. So that's considered good, right? So someone in the world could define good works as um, doing something that actually is evil in the sight of the Lord. So when I say good works or when the word says good works, um, it's talking about those things which are in keeping with the Lord's word. Okay. And so in James two fourteen through 17, he says, um, 
What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister, meaning the person that is in need, um, um, meaning your can your faith help save someone else um, when they are in dire need, in the immediate need, and that's not necessarily the case. So it says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute or of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. So we need works to accompany our faith. Another thing um, is when you are looking at um, someone to see whether or not they are a, be- a believer, um, one thing, someone who is a, is um, falling away, I'll put it, I, I cannot say apost- apostasize. I can't say it. When someone is falling away, they will not be obedient to Christ. Okay. They will just not be obedient to Christ. So in 1 John 5, 2 and 3, it says that if we, um, by this, we know that we love or that we Yes, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So if we're saying that we love God and we love our brethren, we will keep the commandments of God. Um, When Jesus was asked, which are the two greatest commandments? It was to love God and love others as yourself. But um, we got a new commandment for those of us in the body where we have to love one another with a special love. We have to look after and care for one another. And the first thing that allows us to do that is first our love for God. Okay, so someone who is falling away will not be obedient to Christ. They will not keep the commandments of God. Um, so we see what 1 John 5, 2 and 3 says. Um, 1 John 2, 3 through 4 says that now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So again, we're definitely keeping the commandments of God. Um The next thing that will give us a clue that someone is falling away, if they've already professed to be in the faith, but um, some things are looking kind of murky with them, is that they will keep on sinning. Okay, so someone who is um, not born of God will keep on sinning. And we know this from 1 John 5, 18, when he says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps sinning himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Okay. So it's talking about, um, being in perpetual sin. Cause we know that those, um, that as believers, we live in a fallen world. We're still being perfected. We're not yet per- perfect. Um, we're pressing toward the mark. Um, but we know that there may be times when we fall. This is not a license to fall because we have God's grace to grace us out of error. But we know that, um, it's possible that, um, actually we will fall. And when we do, we um, have God's grace to grace us out. And that grace is conviction of the Holy Spirit. It is um, the encouragement of our uh, sisters and brothers who are restoring us back to um, restoring us uh, in, with gentleness. So we know that at the end of the day, when we are convicted or rebuked, we will hear those 
um, rebukes and we will heed those convictions. So those individuals who are not truly our brothers and sisters in the Lord or who are falling away from the faith, so to speak, those individuals will keep on sinning. They will not heed any warning. They will not heed any convictions. Um, they have they don't want to listen to anything anyone has to say. So we have to be leery of that in others as well as in ourselves. Um, we know that Jesus tells us in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord and do not what I say? So if we don't do what the Lord says, but we're steady calling him Lord, we don't belong to him truly anyway. Okay. Um, another test that we can apply to ourselves as well as others who profess to be um, believers is to um, test whether or not they will be willing to even admit that they have sin. So we already talked about the people um, who are falling away or who have fallen away. They will um, basically be disobedient to Christ um, and they will keep on sinning. And they will even so um, in the process of keeping on, if they continue to sin, that means that they are not even admitting that they are in sin. Okay. Um, so it says in 1 John, um, I think it's yeah, 1 John 1 verses 8 through 10 it says if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us okay um going on to verse 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us okay so we can't be born of god we can't be truly converted and but brothers and sisters rooted in the faith if we are not even willing to admit that we have sinned or or, or have sinned um and so especially again if we are not heeding conviction that the lord um convicts us of if we're not heeding the correction from fellow believers um, no matter what, how it comes, if they're bringing you the truth of God, if there's nothing that they've said that causes you pause to go back and reflect and, and, and seek the Lord on whether or not there's any merit, there is some good sign that you are definitely um, at, at risk of falling away or have fallen away from the faith. Next up, um, another way to tell whether or not um, your faith is defecting or someone else is defecting in the faith is if you are lukewarm. OK, um, I know we throw this term out a lot, um, but there is a lot of merit to it because there actually are a lot of lukewarm believers out there at present. There are a lot of people who are um, honoring the Lord with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. That goes back to Romans um, 10 verses 9 through 10, that you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you believe something in your heart, you will act on it. Um, now, verse 10 goes on from Romans um, 10 and 10. It tells us that for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what we believe in our heart, that is our faith, of course. What we believe in our heart um, is what actually gives us the righteousness of Christ, that the we are imputed with the righteousness of Christ. When we truly believe in our hearts that Jesus um, uh, was risen from the dead, that God rose Jesus from the dead. So if we truly believe that, we truly believe that Jesus came and he wasn't just a historical figure or just a nice man who did something once upon a time, but we have taken him as our Lord who has been resurrected and will come to um, uh, come to redeem us one day um, and will glorify us with him. If we don't believe that, we will not act on that. We will not press toward the mark if we don't truly believe um, 
that to be the case. So let me look at where am I? I have so many, I have so many tabs open on my computer. You guys should see it, <laughs> but, um, we will be lukewarm. And so we know from, um, uh, was it, was it Matthew six and 24? I don't think I had brought, brought that up actually. Um, I didn't bring that. So I have all these tabs open. I didn't even bring up Matthew six, 24. Oh Lord. Okay. Matthew six, 24. Yes, that's it. I should have written down my notes. I had, I had the, the scripture in my notes and didn't write down the actual scripture. But um, Matthew 6 and 24 is where Jesus says that no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. OK, so if you are saying that you love the Lord with your lips, but in your heart, you do not. You're far from him. You are lukewarm. Um, if you are lukewarm, you are at risk of falling away. Okay. Um, or you have already actually fallen away. You just don't want to admit it yet. Um, and if you, and if that replies to you, you wouldn't care what I'm talking about right now anyway. (laughs) But for those for, for whom there is still hope, um, if you are if you are lukewarm, if you honor the Lord only with your lips and not with your heart, you will hate your brother. Um, coming from first John verse, uh, chapter two, verses nine through 11, you will be someone who hates his brother. John says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. It says he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So if we say that we love God, but we hate our brother, we hate fellow believers, other believers, we are having a big issue. If we're not quick to resolve issues with other believers, if we are quick to accuse other believers, especially falsely. Um, if we're quick to do those things, we need to check whether or not we truly love the church. Um, and you know, the way this looks in, I guess, played out in day-to-day life, someone who, who treats the church with contempt or treats Christians with contempt before the world. I think that's like one of my biggest pet peeves when there's someone who professes to be a believer, but they find themselves out in the world, um, undermining the teachings and, um, the teachings of God, right? Or the, or the commandments of God in the, in the, in the, in the ordinances of the church. When people are out in public, um, just, just undermining us and throwing us under the bus, that is not an example of them loving the, their brother. So I do have a problem with that. And that's definitely something that the Lord has a problem with because, um, uh, it means that we don't truly love him. Um, another aspect of someone falling away is that they will love the world. They will love the world. They will love the world. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? Okay. So if we love the world, um, if you love the world, honestly, you, there is no, um, loving the world more than Christ. You either, like we said in Matthew 6, 24, you either love God or you love mammon, but you can't love both because you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll despise the one and, you know, love the other. So in either case, your, your loyalties won't be, um, um, equally split, you will either be one or the other. Okay. Um, you're just going to be a hypocrite really. And and how you live day to day. So someone who loves the world would be coming from first John, um, 
chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. Um, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So that goes back to my earlier point regarding, um, you know, how the scriptures tell us that if we believe um, that Jesus came in the flesh, if we believe that the Lord raised him from the dead, um, it produces uh, it produces righteousness in us. It imputes Christ's righteousness. Um, but it also um, because we are now born again, it also uh, empowers us with the grace that we need to deny the temptations of the world to overcome um, the things of the world, to overcome the antichrist spirit, to overcome the worldly lust. So we need, um, because of course, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And so in order for us to know that we truly belong to the Lord or that we're, I don't want to say we're not at risk of falling away because I don't want us to get all super comfortable, but I guess the best way to phrase it is for those of us who are wondering if we might be on the verge of uh, or in danger of falling away to look at where you are as it pertains to the world do you look more like the world and you look like look like a believer do you agree with most things from the world and you agree with the word of god so those types of things um, are things that we should look at um, in scripture i think it's um, in romans um so romans 12 verses 1 through 3 it says i beseech ye well one one and two sorry i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we read in verse one um, from Romans 12, when it says, which is your reasonable service, that is the light burden, okay? That is the easy yoke. So Jesus tells us tells us that his uh, <laughs> yoke is his uh, yoke is easy and his burden is light. So our our very small requirement in following the Lord is to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And that's possible with the help of God. We don't even have to do a lot of heavy lifting. The Lord actually helps us. He works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure, okay? Which is why we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So we have God's help. We just need to obey what the Lord is um, having us do, what he's convicting us to do. So um, someone who was very uh, famous for loving the world in scripture was Demas, right? So we know from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 10, when Paul talks about how Demas deserted him and also defected from the faith. He ran, he defected from the ministry. He went off and hopped on a ship and left Paul in dire straits. So we need to look at ourselves, whether or not we have a really strong tie to the world, whether or not we hate other Christians. If we're so always that person that's going, I can't stand Christians. Christians are so judgmental. If we're that person, it's a good chance that we're holding Christians in contempt because we truly do love the world more. Um, 
I'm going backwards here. Another thing I talked about earlier is if we say we have no sin or if we keep on sinning, meaning we're living in unrepentant sin, we refuse to confess our sins, we're we're unrepentant, we're living in unrepentant sin, and we will not keep God's commandments. So those are some samples or some signs, I guess I should say, I was going to say sample ways. Those are some signs that we are either on the verge of falling away or that we have already. And that's all I have to say about that. So with that said, I want to talk about who's more inclined to fall away. So we've talked about what falling away means. We've talked about what it looks like or what some signs might be that someone is, you know, slipping a little bit and we need to pull them, how we can pull them back and things like that. We've talked about that or I've talked about that. But I want to talk about now who's more inclined to fall away. Um, we see in first John five, four and five, um, it says for who, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Okay. All right. And this is related to Revelation 12, 11 that says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. What do we mean by they overcame him? They overcame the enemy. They overcame the God of this world, which would be Satan. Right. So the way that a true believer overcomes the world and overcomes and endures to the end is their faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We see in 1 John 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So this worldly spirit is a demonic spirit. Going back to 1 Timothy, when it talks about um, what the spirit says, um, especially says in latter times, people will be given to doctrine of demons, right? Basically doing things that maybe sound good and look good, but are altogether a denial of the truth, right? So they'll be going after the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And that's what demons did. Demons defected for the pride of life. Right. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, Judas uh, sold Jesus out for a bag of money. I mean, so at the end of the day, when we talk, when Jesus tells us um, about, you know, not worrying about what we're going to eat and drink and all that kind of stuff. And what does it profit a, profit a man to, to, to gain the world, but to lose his soul? We're looking at people who are more concerned about the things of this world than they are um, uh, f- focusing on the Lord. And seeking first the kingdom of God, that all things will be added through the riches that God brings us, right? They're more focused on how to do things according to the world's ways. And so they are most likely to fall away, right? Um, And so they love their lives. They love this generation more than they love the things of God. They don't actually have faith. Um, So I think scripture is very clear that it is our faith that helps us overcome. It is our faith that helps us endure and our faith is exercised or is worked out by our bearing fruit and keeping the commandments of God and loving God by loving his people um, or loving our brother as we, as the word will say um, by confessing our sins so our salvation 
um, does not come through works, but works come from our salvation. So people need to to look at that. So we, we really need to be careful with um, assuming that all you have to do is say, "Well, he said Jesus on on this on the stage, and so therefore he's a believer." No, test his fruit so that you will know whether or not his, he's of the spirit of God or the spirit of the Antichrist. That's another thing we talk about the spirit of the world. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay. And so this brings me to a point that was made recently by an author, a very well-respected author, by the way. Her name is Trillia Newbell. Um, I believe she is affiliated with the Gospel Coalition in some way. Um, I haven't vetted her much because I've just kind of come across her um, content about two days ago. But um, Trillia looks to be a, to be a re- very well-respected, very... Um, you know, mild-mannered, you know, sweet woman um, in the Lord. You know, she comes across as a very together, you know, professing believer. She's an author, as I mentioned. Um, she's affiliated with the SBC for sure, that I know. I think she's like a director of some, or of some sorts. Um, not necessarily with the SBC, but she is re- she's connected to the SBC. So as I mentioned, I need to do more research on her um, because I pretty much just found out about her um, after having... Um, kind of decided what I was going to uh, talk about for this podcast. But one thing that she mentioned that threw me for a whole loop the other day is that she made, she put out a tweet that basically intimated that those who suffered oppression of any type, right? Those who suffered oppression of any type, but it looks to be that she's referring to racial oppression. Those who suffered oppression can be a good resource for learning how to uh, suffer well for Christ. Um, She intimated that overcoming oppression, um, racially charged or racially motivated oppression um, is tantamount to overcoming in Christ. And I wasn't really with it, So in fairness to her, I'm going to read her tweets and I'm going to let you guys take what you will from it. But I'm going to tell you what, again, what I took from it and what I responded to, how I responded to her. Okay, so she wrote this back on August 14th and it says, have we seen many African-American Christian leaders publicly denounce their faith? I know we've seen some fall into sin and lose ministries, but I'm curious if we've seen or if you've seen this. I've not, but I could could be mistaken. And then a second follow-up tweet says, There is a purpose to my question beyond curiosity. I think there's something we can learn from the past oppression of people, learning to persevere in faith and endure in struggle, confusion, pain, and hardship. Twitter is hard for this, and I'll write more soon. So this is what she said. Now, people can argue, oh, you, you, you're taking her words out of context or, or you, you're reading too much into what she said. No, this is why I know the way I took her tweets is exactly the way a lot of other people took it in the way that she meant them because of the um, subsequent commentary that occurred in the comment section or in the re- replies to her tweet. So you have people like Kyle J. Howard, who a lot of us know to be pretty big on the critical race theory, social justice, Marxist madness. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, 
who else did I see? Jamar Tisby popped up. Um, who else did I see? Um, I see Jackie Hill Perry right here. She didn't, <laughs> in her defense, she didn't say anything, but she put out a gift that basically is like, hey, now, like, like I'm in agreement. Like, you might be on to something, sis. Like, that's what it looks like. So I'm going to give you guys the room to go look into this for yourself and you make the judgment for yourself. But I'm telling you, as I read the comments, everybody took this tweet the way I took it. It was just a matter of whether or not people agreed with what she had to say. Because people are trying to act like I, I just misunderstood what she was. No, I didn't misunderstand anything. I didn't misunderstand a thing. <laughs> I disagreed. And unfortunately, I disagreed. I'm saying unfortunately, but it's I don't have a problem with it. I don't really care. Um, but I disagreed with someone who was a heavy hitter or very well respected. And so that is not boding well with some people. Okay. So my response to her is hold on let me find it i thought i had it up <laughs> these comments are hilarious people are so messy <laughs> people are like i'm listening i mean people are there is a lot of people in this comments agreeing with her like you preach this and all that kind of stuff and they're very much coming from the standpoint of social justice and how you know white folks uh, oppress so many people and that's why they you know basically they're less inclined to uh they're less inclined to remain uh in the faith because they are not truly rooted because of white privilege or white privilege um shields them from actually feeling any oppression and so therefore they don't know oppression so therefore they're not equipped to endure like all this madness that i that was going on honey um and so my response to her, I put it under her first tweet, um, is, sis, respectfully, this claim is not only completely asinine, it's demonic. Yes, demonic. To make persevering in Christ about race utterly undermines the gospel. Two, God's redemptive plan calls people from every nation unto him, and only his power keeps us. I pray you would repent of this lie, lest you find yourself publicly denouncing your own faith. For no one born of God can make such a statement in good faith and honestly believe, one, the Holy Spirit led you to utter it, and two, it glorifies God. I put it glorious God, but I meant it glorifies God. My last tweet is, we're only seeing the beginning of the great falling away. So don't be so quick to presume who will or won't be next. Um, that's uh, based on 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 when Paul says, don't be so quick to, to um, judge, a, judge a matter. So let's just focus on working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, lest we end up like Carlton Pearson, an apostate who happens to be black. Um. Okay, and so there's a young lady, uh, much respect to her because I know she was only speaking up for what she believed is right. The issue is that she came to me based on her opinion. And so while I can respect the premise of people speaking up for what they believe is right, if what you believe is right is rooted in your opinion, I can't rock with it because it doesn't really help me in any way, shape, form, or fashion, okay? So um, she says, I think she's only asking a question about if falling away has something to do with oppression of race, of, uh, with oppression of a race of people or not, which is a valid question. See, I told you, everybody's taking Trillia's tweet to mean what I thought it meant. And this young lady basically um, believes 
believes the same thing. She took the same thing from what I believe. It's just that we disagree with that premise, right? So she says, I think she's only asking a question about if falling away has something to do with oppression of a race of people or not, which is a valid question. Who are we to say her question or questions are stupid? At the end of the day, regardless of the comments above, she is your sister in Christ. I think this could have been handled better off Twitter, uh, off of Twitter. And I don't think you needed to post it here on Instagram to further the narrative that your sister in Christ is dumb or not valid as an author. I appreciate your daily content. However, we have to be careful when throwing a brother or sister under the bus immediately because we don't agree with what they say. I think she only posed a question. If her question was wrong, then okay, DM her, DM her, I guess. But to post it here on Instagram as if you want it to seem right and make her look bad, uh, make her look bad as truly has been one of the one of the most sound voices as far as a black woman as black women sound teachers go in this moment she may have been wrong but you're wrong as well to post this as an attempt in an post this I think she meant in an attempt to throw a sister in Christ under the bus who simply posed the question I also saw where she responded to you however you did not respond to that this is divisive, and I wish you would have done your homework and research on her first before dragging her on social media. This saddens me. Sorry. Now, you guys can go check out the responses. <laughs> I may I may meet, read my response in a second, but I need to say something really quickly because um, another sister in Christ came to my defense, and she pretty much covered everything that I would have said, so I really didn't have much else to say after that. Um um, uh, but my issue with her comment is, uh, one, she asked that I, um, that I should have addressed Trillia, uh, privately. Um, here's why I did not do that. Uh, Trillia's comment was public, plain and simple, done. Um, two, she asked that I would go back and research Trillia before dragging her on social media. Um, here's the thing. Neither I nor Trillia are anybody special. I'm not above rebuke and neither is Trillia. I don't have to know who she is. I don't have to research who she is. What she said was asinine and demonic. Why is it demonic? Because it contradicts scripture. Why is it asinine? Because it undermines the gospel. This particular issue is already covered in God's word. What keeps us, as I read earlier, is our faith. How do we overcome? Our faith. Our cultural background and experiences have absolutely zilch to do with whether or not someone will persevere in the faith. Have African-Americans been oppressed? Have African-Americans suffered greatly in various areas in American life and in other, in other places? Yes. I will never deny that. But that has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not an individual will overcome in their faith in Christ. Nothing. We know that we as believers will suffer various trials. And I think the word does say, not I think the word does say that we should um, to not think it strange when we suffer various trials. Some of those trials are persecution because of our faith. Some of those trials are just a function of us being a Christian. 
People may not actually be directly persecuting us, but because of our faith, we may have to endure certain things um, because of that, right? Um, and then some things we're just in, in, enduring um, um, trials because trials are guaranteed. In this life, we will have tribulation, right? So we, we're going to have tribulation just by virtue of living in a fallen world. And our faith helps us overcome that. Now, if the conversation had been about, hmm, a lot of African-Americans have over have overcome um, oppression because of their faith. That may have been a valid point to make. And we could we can explore that. But what Trillia did is she came from the other side. She made the causation, the experiences of our culture and our race. And then said the resulting issue, the resulting outcome would be overcoming in faith, as opposed to our faith allowing us to overcome issues resulting from a falling world that have caused us to suffer because of our race. You guys understand what I'm saying? She went on the other side and she made the issue about race and not faith. And so for this young lady to tell me that I should have said what I said to Trillia in another setting uh, offline, I will not. And third of all, this young lady brought what she needed to bring, bring to me, which I can respect. She said what she said to me publicly. So how are you gonna try to check me for publicly rebuking somebody and you're trying to rebuke me publicly? That makes absolutely no sense. That makes you a hypocrite, dear. I will never understand that that form of correction. I'll never get it. You should have said something to him offline, they say to me online. I don't get it. Okay? So like I said, my response to her and someone else's response to her is very well um, outlined on Instagram. If anyone cares to go check it out, you may. I'm not really... This 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 podcast isn't about her or this conversation, but I wanted to read her commentary to me because it shows that she understood the tweet to mean exactly what I understood the tweet tweet to mean. And so there are those who are trying to claim that I'm speaking before understanding a matter. Sounds like we are we got the same level of understanding. So either you out of out of pocket as well, or I'm not out of pocket at all. It's one or the other. Either you wrong too, or I'm not wrong with this. Right now, the reason for my use of the term asinine, there are other things I wanted to say. There's there's things that other people did say. Some people did use less um, charitable terms. Now, if one had an issue with me using the term asinine, that's fine. I might even be willing to say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I, I, I actually don't have a problem with me saying it. But knowing the culture that we're in. Yeah. We have to keep in mind that Jesus called Peter Satan because of something that Peter said that was of an anti from the Antichrist spirit. So people need to understand that I called the idea asinine. I didn't call Trillia asinine. It was a get thee behind me Satan because of the comment. Not that I'm calling her satanic, not calling her demonic. That was a demonic premise to push. That, it, that something about our race could teach others how to endure in Christ? Are you crazy? Come on, y'all. Get it together. 
And so I wanted to bring that up as it ties to this topic about apostasy, because we have so much going on with these doctrines of demons, like the social justice movement that's requiring all white people to apologize for being white. So when you have situations like that, when you can see a trajectory that is trying to demonize a whole group of people that's actually practicing reverse racism, and then you have someone like Trillia come up and say, hmm, I wonder if oppression has helped, um, that has hel- uh, the oppression that blacks have endured, um, that they've overcome, if there are some lessons that we can learn from that. Do you guys see the connection here? Do you guys see the danger there? We're pushing issues about white privilege. We're telling white people that they need to apologize for being white. We're telling them to apologize for the sins of their fathers, which even the Lord does not hold people to, right? And now we have this, which could have been a very innocent curiosity. I'm not saying the intention was evil. I'm saying that it was evil, (laughs) right? You step on my toe, it hurts. Whether or not you meant it, it hurts. Whether or not she meant for it to be offensive and to blaspheme, it blasphemed. That's my point. I wish you would have researched her. Girl, bye. We don't get special treatment up in here. To tell me I should have researched her, that shows you, girl, mm -mm, I can't, I can't even get with it. (laughs) I've spent too much time on this, so let me move on. My overall point is just this. At the end of the day, we are in the last days and Satan don't play fair. He he will come for everybody. He prowls around like a, a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So I need everybody to get with the program and understand that that can include you. And so with that said, I think it is best to go ahead and conclude today's show um, because I do believe I've said everything I wanted to say. Um, I have provided signs of um, someone who's not genuinely in the faith, um, meaning that they could be either um, uh, falling away or that they've already fallen away or they're not actually genuinely in the faith already. Um, And then also just looking at some of the silly notions about how one person would be more prone to fall away than the next. There's nothing that makes anybody more prone to fall away than the next except their lack of faith. That's it. That's it. Okay? There is neither Jew nor Greek in the body, okay? Neither slave nor free. So whatever experiences we come to Christ having had in our past, whatever cultural identities we've had, those things do not bear out on whether or not we will be successful in following after Christ, okay? So I need everybody to come in and get with the program, get in God's word. That is the standard by which we live. That is um, gonna give us the rules of engagement. Our philosophies, our thoughts, our curiosities are moot when they contradict God's word, okay? All right, so let me read these two scriptures for my final word. The first scripture is going to come from 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 19, the first part of chapter, uh, first part of verse 19. And it reads, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Okay, that was the first uh, passage. The second is coming from uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, and it reads, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. By day, it means the day of the Lord, the return of Christ to redeem his church and to exact um, the judgments of God on the wicked. Okay. And by the son of perdition, it is referring to the Antichrist. So these two uh, verses, these two passages of scripture are very much consistent. Okay. So we know that with the falling away um, is one of the one of the signs that we will see um, as part of the end time signs that Jesus told us to watch out for before his return. And we will also see the Antichrist revealed um, either during or immediately after this great falling away. So that's something that we need to be watching out for as well. I understand that there are some out there who believe that we will be raptured out of here before the Antichrist is revealed. Um, though that will be pleasant, there's nothing in scripture that actually supports that and that's just what it is um don't get mad at me about it take it up with scripture um but other than that i have nothing else (laughs) nothing else to add so i do thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you to those who have been supporting the truth and fire shop thank you for those who've been supporting me on patreon um just thank you for those who've been commenting encouraging um on instagram on twitter um just thank you guys so much and i even thank those who take out the time to rebuke me whether or not i feel like it's according to your opinion or or not i appreciate your your willingness to uh call out things that you find to be a problem because i will continue to do the same um except i will do mine according to the word of god and i would hope that you would do the same or at least begin to okay so thank you guys so much for everything so much so much for your support and that's all i have to say so thank you for listening Truth and Fire, the podcast has been brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Veriteefu. That's V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for listening.